Would you like to know how to get to the heart of why your children lie? Are you unsure how to react when your kids lie? Are you sometimes even unsure if your child is telling a lie? Do you wish their nose would grow like Pinocchio's so that you could know for sure? Well, then we are so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Before we jump in to today's show, here is a quick word from our sponsor. I read something online recently that really pricked my heart. It said, the church should handle adoption and caring for the fatherless like we handle the Great Commission. While not everyone is called to adopt, everyone does play a role in caring for the fatherless. Friends, this is why Ginger and I are thrilled to share more about our sponsor, Lifeline Children's Services. Lifeline believes that adoption is one way that God provides families for vulnerable children who need to know the love of Christ and the love of a family. They walk with foster and adoptive families and provide them with parent coaching, educational services, and professional counseling so they can better nurture and disciple their children. Whether you're a foster or adoptive family who could use support services, or if, like my family, you want to support those who have opened their homes to these precious children, you can find out more at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. Lifeline brings gospel hope to vulnerable children. Hey there, Ginger. I am so excited to address this issue of lying because... Uh, lying is a particular trigger of mine, and I'll share more of that in a bit, but let's start with the basics. Why do children lie? Or I guess for that matter, why do any of us lie? Well, it's interesting that you would ask, why do any of us lie, Katie? Because there's actually a book called The Day America Told the Truth by James Patterson and Peter Kim. Now, it's a secular book, so I don't necessarily recommend it, but the book published the results of a national survey that was conducted on private morals. And interestingly enough, 91% of those surveyed admitted to lying on a regular basis. Ouch. I know. And the other 9% were probably lying. (laughs) Now, the survey was conducted in the 90s, but I doubt things have changed too much. Hopefully, none of us lie on a daily basis, but I think if we're honest, we've all had our moments of exaggerating details in our favor or twisting the truth to make ourselves look good Mm. or maybe conveniently leaving out certain facts to protect our guilt. Or how about this one? How about those times when we slightly embellish our stories just to make them sound a little bit better or to somehow make ourselves look better in the eyes of others? Okay, well, now you're stepping on my toes, Ginger, because I like to consider what I do um, theatrical exaggeration rather than lying. (laughs) That's what we'll call it. Well, I don't even like the word exaggeration. I prefer enhancement. There you go. Yes. (laughs) Doesn't that just sound more pleasant? Yes. (laughs) But when it comes to lying, I really think that it doesn't matter the form or extent or how we word it, but Mm. rather what it all boils down to. And if we really think about it and we really evaluate what 
is at the heart of the matter here, I think we would all conclude that most of the time, lying derives from the love and preservation of self. Mm -hmm. And our children are no different. They're just smaller versions of us. And like us, they'll sometimes even resort to denying the obvious to save face and to avoid consequences. But what's even worse than lying being motivated by a love and preservation of self is that lying expresses a lack of trust that God is in control. Because no matter how you slice it, lying is always an attempt to bring about the response or outcome that we prefer, a response or outcome that suits our own interest. And that's a problem because when we try to alter a natural response or outcome by lying, we're placing ourselves in a position of control rather than trusting God. Mm. So, Ginger, like many other sins, I guess if not all other sins, lying is an issue of misplaced desires. So Mm. whether we lie out of fear or greed, the issue is that, like you said, Ginger, we want to control the outcome rather than trusting in the sovereignty of God. So while I can understand that, at least from an intellectual perspective as an adult, I find it really difficult as a parent to communicate that to my children. So can you help us understand how to deal with a child who struggles with lying? Well, first, I think it might be beneficial if we talk about what not to do. We don't want to just punish a child for lying. While consequences are a part of training children to not lie, to just merely punish a lying child can actually wind up doing more harm than good. Because what we view as, I'm punishing you because you lied, the child views as, you're punishing me because you found out the truth. Mm. And then they can just become better at lying. Another dangerous response to lying is anger, which can cause the child to fear admitting that he lied and dig his heels in even deeper to try and cover the lie. Okay, so let's address the anger part first, because as I mentioned at the top of the show, lying is just a big trigger for me. Um, I shared more about this in episode two where I gave my testimony, but my husband and I had a very difficult marriage for about eight years, close to a decade. And what it boiled down to essentially was that he was self-deceived and was not truly a Christian. And as a self-deceived non-Christian who wanted to live the way he wanted to live, lying was just a regular part of daily life for him. Now, I am sharing this, by the way, with my husband's permission, and I want to say with an incredible amount of gratitude that God has healed our marriage today, but I became absolutely fixated on his lying, and I struggled daily with anger toward him due to years of having to just uncover truth in some really painful ways. So I want to be really careful not to gloss over the severity and the consequences of his sin, but my anger toward him did nothing to truly change his behavior or to improve our marriage. In fact, he just became better at lying to me in order to avoid the backlash. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that a husband-wife relationship is very different from a Mm parent-child relationship, but the underlying sins and motivations are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So responding to our children or anyone in anger will not bring about the desired outcome. And I love the way that James 1, 19 through 20 says it. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And I think it's safe to say that ungodly anger doesn't produce righteousness in ourselves or in others. 
Yep, that's right. And I also thought about Proverbs 15, 1, which says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, mm. but a harsh word stirs up anger. When we respond in anger, it definitely stirs anger in others, whether it's our spouses or our kids or our friends or anyone else. So when our children lie, rather than reacting in anger, I think we can all agree it's best to calmly address what God's Word says about lying and even the relational consequences of lying, and perhaps even share about a time when we ourselves struggled with lying and what the results were, and then encourage our children in a total dependence on Christ, who is our only hope for redemption and change. We need to understand that it's a self-controlled, transparent, and gospel-oriented response to a lying child that's going to pave the way for more honest communication. Also, if you're absolutely certain that your child has lied, I encourage you to address the fact that he lied rather than calling him a liar. Mm. Because if you call him a liar, you're labeling him a liar rather than encouraging him to live in the forgiveness and atonement of Christ. This is such an important point because children take on the labels that they receive, especially from their parents. Mm -hmm. And that is how they will view themselves probably forever and for better or worse. Absolutely. So when our kids blow it, whether it's by lying or any other sinful behavior, we always want to encourage them and point them back to who they are created to be in Christ. Thankfully, as children of God, we aren't defined by our sinful behaviors. Our identity is found in Jesus Christ, our Lord, who through his sacrificial death and resurrection has delivered us from all of our sins and given us new life in him. So we don't want to define or label our children in accordance with their sinful behaviors, but instead we want to encourage them as to who they are in Christ. I remember a time, Katie, when my daughter Alex was caught red-handed in a lie. I mean, completely <laughs> busted. And she was little. And one of her favorite things to do when she was this age was to play dress up and pretend. And not just dressing up herself, she also loved dressing up Mickey, who was our little 10-pound Yorkie, who surprisingly, <laughs> for such a high-strung little dog, for whatever reason, he was always happy to oblige. That dog just loved Alex. And it was really amazing the way he submitted to all of her shenanigans and the things she put him through. is he It's also amazing he lived a long, healthy life. Uh, but now that I think about it, when it came to Alex, that little dog basically obeyed all the way, right away, and with a happy heart. You know, if only children were as obedient as dogs, right, Ginger? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, dogs who are trained by someone other than me, my last dog ate a whole tube of diaper rash ointment no. and a five-pound bag of peanut M&Ms. <laughs> so I'm really not one to brag about training anyone, not even dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, Katie. Uh, I was actually... Um wasn't a very good dog trainer either. Mickey <laughs> was really quite spoiled for mm. a little dog. My kids used to complain all the time. They would be like, why do you let Mickey get away with everything and you don't let us get away with anything? <laughs> to which I actually had no answer. So I wasn't very good at that either. So back to Alex, who loved to play dress up and pretend. And since Mickey always seemed happy to oblige, I let her pretend with him too. But one thing that Alex knew that she was not allowed to do, and that was get into my makeup makeup bag. Mm -hmm. So when Mickey came prancing into the kitchen with lipstick on one afternoon, it wasn't hard to figure <laughs> out who was behind it. Oh boy. Ginger, if that had happened today, I can imagine that you would have been tempted to do what I sometimes do 
and that is to take a picture of the dog before you administer discipline to the child. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> Who even knows how much that is going to damage our kids in the long run? But <laughs> I know. <laughs> so tempting. I, I know. I did the same thing, but <laughs> I just had to use a good old-fashioned camera instead of an iPhone That's because right. I'm much older than you. Well, not much older than you, but no, old enough that much. I didn't have an iPhone. I had to use a regular <laughs> camera. But you know, sometimes a Kodak moment is just a Kodak moment, right? That's right. That's right. And they're not always good Kodak moments, <laughs> but we still got to record them. I remember taking a nap one time when Alex was about five and she got scissors out and cut the barrettes out of her oh, hair while no. I was asleep. And I was so upset mm-hmm. because I woke up to all of her beautiful blonde hair just Really, mostly. I mean, she literally had a mullet with two bald spots, <laughs> with the bald spots being where she cut the barrettes out of her hair. Oh, no. It was hideous. So, but I did. I grabbed a camera and I did a full on photo shoot while I was bawling my eyes out. <laughs> but as bad as it was, it was just one of those moments that you got to record. And now right. today, we we didn't laugh then, but today we laugh at that picture. It's so funny. <laughs> and just shout out to Jim Bree, by the way, for making all those adorable matching hats. Yes. Uh, you know, we could probably do a whole episode on unflattering Kodak moments. Um, so <laughs> Mickey the dog came prancing into the kitchen with lipstick on. Ginger, Uh, This sounds like a crazy dream or something, actually. (laughs) So what happened after that? So I asked Alex how it was that Mickey came to have rosewood lips when (laughs) she wasn't allowed to be playing in my makeup bag. And she quickly said, Doug did it. Now, let me tell you about Doug. Doug is a three-inch tall caped action figure that came in a kid's (laughs) meal. (laughs) But because Alex did like to pretend and because I really wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt, I made a suggestion based on my suspicion. I said, Alex, did you maybe help Doug get the lipstick out of my bag and help Doug put the lipstick on Mickey? Well, Alex was smart enough to know that even being Doug's assistant would still land her in a lot of trouble. So she said, nope, Doug did it all by himself. And then Katie, she took it a step further and she went on and on about how she tried to encourage Doug to do the right thing. She said, I told Doug he wasn't supposed to be in your makeup bag. And I told him that he really needed to obey because I didn't want him to get in trouble, but he wouldn't listen to me. He just went right on and did it anyway. And Katie, on and on she went. And so I did something that rarely works with small children. I tried to reason with her. Mm. I said, Alex, Doug did not do it. Doug is not capable of going into my makeup bag all by himself, getting my lipstick out, and putting it on Mickey. Well, either Alex had clearly thought through in advance how she was going to escape the consequences of her lie should she get caught, or she was just that good off the cuff (laughs) because she very quickly responded, oh, yes, he could do it by himself because I put batteries in him. (laughs) wow. I know, right? That is quite a vivid imagination that Alex had at a very young age. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, well, she did major in performing arts, you know. That's right. But at least she's now getting paid for that imagination. (laughs) That's right. So Alex was caught red-handed telling a lie, and I did call her out on it, and I disciplined her for it. But I didn't want to discourage her by labeling her a liar. I wanted to keep her focus on who she is in Christ. And so I said, Alex, you told a lie, but you are not a liar. 
That is not who you are. You are a forgiven child of God. And because of His grace, you can walk in truth. And then after I disciplined her for telling a lie, she had a clean slate of forgiveness and it was over. Completely dropped the matter. Her burden was lifted when she finally confessed and her heart was lighter after she was disciplined. So Katie, grace was shown in me addressing it and dealing with it and letting it go and not holding it over her head. I don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon, but my family really has. There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. And he said, well, I never noticed that before. And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's Word in your heart, just go to dwelldifferently.com and sign up today. Again, that's dwell, D-W-E-L-L, differently.com. And Ginger, I think that's the most important and possibly the hardest part. It is so hard to let it go and not allow ourselves to use words like always or never in our future issues with our Mm -hmm. kids. If we tell them, you always lie about that or you never tell me the truth, that's the same as labeling them a liar. And ironically, when we use words like that, it often makes us the liar through our own um, theatrical exaggeration. (laughs) (laughs) So I try to remember to use words like always and never pretty sparingly, especially in heated conversations with anyone, really. Um, in fact, I think it's a good idea to avoid those words unless we're referring to God and His attributes. Mm, yep. Anyway, I just love that story about Alex, and I can see how God was able to take her natural storytelling abilities <laughs> and turn it into good. Uh, by the way, listeners, like Ginger mentioned, Alex is now a professional actress who loves the Lord. So praise God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she is, and yes, she does, and praise mm. the Lord for it. And you know, this is the perfect opportunity for a shameless plug here. Go for so it. I'm totally going to take mm-hmm. it. Alex is currently looking for roles in Christian film. Um, she really is an amazingly talented actress, and I'm not just saying that because our mom, I'm her mom. I know. I know what you're thinking, but she really is. Alex is so blessed to have a mama who is her biggest cheerleader, and I have a mom like that, and it is a huge blessing. Same here. Ginger, your stories about Alex remind me a lot of myself. So I wanted to be an actress my entire life, and I'm going to try really hard not to exaggerate, um, especially in this particular episode. Um, But I think I was in something like 60 plays by the time I graduated high school. Mm, Acting was, and still is in some ways, the thing I always wanted to do. Um, But in my unregenerate heart, my acting wasn't always used for good. And um, so my brother and I got into a fight once when I was in, I think I was in middle school. He would tell you exactly the day, I'm sure, that we got into this argument. (laughs) Uh, My brother is three years older, and we used to just annoy the mess out of each other. And he got angry with me this one time and hit me in the face and probably not very hard, but I was so angry 
that he hit me. But I was even angrier that I didn't have a nice big black eye that I could show my parents. So I improvised and I pulled out my stage makeup and I literally gave myself a black eye with eyeshadow. I promise you. And I was so convincing with my stage makeup black eye (laughs) that um, my parents disciplined him. And probably according to the extent of my exaggerated wounds. <laughs> okay. Sadly, I think it wasn't that long ago. I mean, maybe within the past few years that I even told my family what I had done. So I'm pretty sure my brother wanted to hit me all over again when I told him that. <laughs> probably so. Okay. Enough about my little lying self. Let's recap four things not to do when children lie. So first of all, we don't want to just administer consequences without getting to the heart and training and instructing our kids. Second, we do not want to respond in anger. Third, we don't want to label them as liars. And finally, we don't want to hold it over their heads. So now that we know what not to do when children lie, let's talk about what we should do. Um, Besides checking to see if our kids' bruises aren't actually stage makeup, what should we do, Ginger? (laughs) Yeah, good idea. Well, before we talk about what to do when kids lie, I just want to briefly mention just a couple of more things in regards to what not to do. Um, I just want to say that God does give us a sense of humor, and Mm -hmm. so that's why we find it so easy to find the humor in some of the moments when we sin or when our kids sin. And so when Alex's little five-year-old self was telling her elaborate lie about Doug with all all the enthusiastic drama she could muster. It was. It really was an award-winning performance, one of her best. It really was hard for me not to laugh, just like mm. I laughed when I pictured Katie doctoring up her wound to get her brother in trouble. Because God created us with a sense of humor, well, most of us anyway, I do question some people, <laughs> I don't think it's a sin when we shake our heads and laugh at our own foolishness. But at the same time, we need to keep in mind that sin in and of itself is not humorous. Mm. We shouldn't laugh or make light of the things that God sent His Son to die for. Mm. So we may laugh at our own foolishness sometimes, but sin is not a laughing matter. We also shouldn't soften sin by calling it something other than what it is, by making it out to be uh, maybe less offensive to God than it is. In other words, think about it. A lot of times we tend to call a small lie a fib, or we tend to call a big lie a doozy or a tall tale, and we tend to call a quote-unquote necessary lie a white lie, because Mm. that sounds so much better, doesn't it? But somehow we think that using these softer terms might make them seem less wrong or even more justifiable. But whether it's an intentional deceit or a slight exaggeration or a half-truth, lying is wrong in the eyes of the Lord. In fact, it's so wrong that in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, God lists a lying tongue as second to the seven things he hates. So lying is serious business. So what can we do when our kids lie? Well, first, I think we really want to help them understand who the father of lies is and who the father of truth is, and that when they lie, they're following and pleasing the father of lies, who is Satan. Mm -hmm. And when they're truthful, they're following and pleasing the father of truth, God. We also need to help them understand that while following and pleasing our Heavenly Father are reasons enough to speak truth, there are also relational consequences when they choose to lie. The foundation of the family relationship is built on trust, and when that trust is violated, the foundation of that relationship crumbles. 
Honesty is the glue that holds a family together, which is why Paul advises in Colossians 3, 9, do not lie to each other. God desires to transform us into his likeness, and he desires for families to remain faithful and united to one another. And so I I think that's why he reiterates the importance of being truthful a lot throughout Scripture. Mm, Ginger, that's so good. And, you know, I love what you said about our God-given senses of humor. Um, One of my favorite things to do is to find humor in ordinary life and to write about it. And I I guess Instagram is now my outlet for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And you are quite skilled at it. One of the best. (laughs) I mentioned this in one of our earlier episodes, but if you guys like to laugh, especially if you like to laugh about funny stuff that happens and just ordinary day-to-day life, (laughs) you guys should really follow Katie on Instagram. She is seriously hilarious. One of the most hilarious people I know. (laughs) Her Instagram, if you guys want to follow her, is Katie in a corner, and it's K-A-T-Y in a corner. And so I know she would love to connect with you guys there, and I would love to connect with you guys on Instagram as well. And so you can find me at ginger.hubbard. That's right. Um, Ginger, like you said, God does take our sin very seriously, so we should as well. So what are your suggestions for helping us communicate this even to really young children? Well, if you want to help your child understand these truths, um, you might consider asking some heart-probing questions. Something like, uh, sweetheart, do you know who the father of lies is? And if he doesn't answer, that's okay. Just go ahead and offer some guidance and answer for him and, and just... Um, say something like, well, sweetie, Satan is the father of lies and God is the father of truth. Honey, do you think that lying honors God and honors your family? Mm. And then next, uh, you might want to explain how lying damages family relationships and how, according to Proverbs 6, 17, God hates the sin of lying. So as far as that goes, you might say something like, honey, not only does God hate a lying tongue because it dishonors him, but family relationships are built on trust. Mm. So when you lie, trust in the relationship is broken. Honey, it's so important that we keep trust in our relationship and that we honor God by being truthful. And one more quick word of warning, if there is any question as to whether or not your child is lying, I do encourage you to err on the side of mercy. Sir William Blackstone coined the saying, better that 10 guilty people escape than one innocent suffer. Mm. To be accused of lying when in fact the child is telling the truth, well, that could be devastating. And the last thing we want to do is make them feel that we have this ongoing a suspicious expectation of them lying because that's going to discourage them from walking in truth. Mm. So if your gut is telling you that your child is lying, but you're not 100% certain, just pray that God would bring it to light so that you might have the opportunity to point him to the atonement of Christ. And don't stress out over the possibility that your child has gotten away with a lie because of your uncertainty. If he's really struggling with lying, He's going to lie again in a situation where you are certain, giving you that opportunity to train him in truth. Well, Ginger, kind of wish you'd told me that a long time ago. (laughs) Could have saved me a whole lot of heartache. Um, In all seriousness, though, I remember being so convicted the first time I heard your thoughts on this. I have such a strong sense of justice um, when it comes to other people, apparently. um, And I cannot stand the idea that my children might get away with lying to me. But... I just have to remind myself that it's not my job to be the Holy Spirit for my kids. And I also have to remind myself that I'm the girl who gave herself a fake black eye and got away with it for like 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. 
Now is the part of our show where we give quick tips for parents. This is an interesting part of the show because the tips are random. They can be about anything and everything, not just parenting. So today's quick tip actually comes from Ginger. So Ginger, let's hear it. What is your quick tip of the day? Onion goggles. I want to tell our listeners about (laughs) onion goggles. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, these things are a lifesaver for those of us who like to cook with onions but hate the way they make your eyes burn and water. It's the best stocking stuffer I've ever gotten. So any of you husbands listening out there, give your wife the gift of onion goggles. Mother's Day, right around the corner. And what wife wouldn't want a pair of onion goggles? Or if you're the cook in the family, get yourself a pair. It's one of the best investments you'll ever make. Did you seriously just tell the men who are listening right now to buy their wives onion goggles for (laughs) Mother's Day? (laughs) I did. What? (laughs) You're going to be in so much trouble. Um, Maybe make that a just because gift, men, and not a Mother's Day gift. (laughs) Well, okay. I mean, so throw in some flowers or something, candy, whatever. But I'm telling you, onion goggles is where it's at. Okay. Well, friends, if you have a quick tip for our show, we'd love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about housekeeping, something to do with your kids, date nights, gift ideas, um, maybe some alternatives to onion goggles. (laughs) Ginger isn't going to want to share any more quick tips if I keep making fun of her for this one. So please send us your quick tips. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. And if you found this episode helpful, then you would love Ginger's newest parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue. Every chapter centers on a different tongue-related offense and walks parents through how to address each one from a practical, heart-oriented, Christ-centered perspective. Of course, lying is one of the chapters in the book, but some of the others are whining, tattling, defying, manipulating, interrupting, complaining, blame-shifting, teasing, aggravating, bragging, arguing, yelling, gossiping, and bickering. So like, cover them all. (laughs) Uh, Jim Daly, who is the president of Focus on the Family, said he has so many great parenting books, but he just doesn't have enough room at home to shelve them all. Don't we all have that problem? Mm -hmm. Uh, However, he said that Ginger's I Can't Believe You Just Said That is one of the few books he keeps handy at home and references often. So I'd say that says a lot about the practical help this book offers. You can get your copy of I Can't Believe You Just Said That at gingerhubbard.com. And before I tell you about how you can get an awesome discount on all of Ginger's resources, Ginger, how about you offer a final word of encouragement to our listeners about how to deal with children who struggle with lying? When children lie, may we not respond in anger or with just hasty consequences. Instead, let's take these opportunities to teach our children about the Father of truth and His great plan for us to live upright and honest lives. And when they do struggle with lying, which they will because they're sinners just like we are, let's remind them of who they are in Christ when they surrender their lives to Him. Let's encourage them that through Jesus, they are forgiven children of God, and because of His mercy and grace, they can walk in truth. Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Do you have a parenting question? 
Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering a bundle deal where you can get all of Ginger's resources, which is a $95 value for only $70. That's $25 off. I did it on a calculator. I figured that math out for you. Um, And as a special thank you to all of our podcast listeners, we'll give you guys an extra 10% off when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. This is the best deal you will find on Ginger's resources. So we encourage you to take advantage of it today. Also, since Mother's Day is right around the corner, we are offering a bundle deal on Ginger's Wise Words from Moms charts, where you can get an extra 10% off the already great deal of the buy three, get one free special we have going on the website. Again, just enter the word parenting at gingerhubbard.com for that extra 10% off. Wise Words for Moms makes great inexpensive gifts for your mom friends who are wanting to reach the hearts of their kids, as well as churches who are looking for a little something special to give their moms this Mother's Day. Thank you so much for joining us, friends, and we look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. If 2020 taught us anything, it's that homeschooling is doable for almost any family, but that doesn't mean it's easy. One thing my husband and I do for ourselves every year is to go to our favorite homeschooling convention called Teach Them Diligently. There we hear from amazing speakers who are just truly experts in their fields, including one of my favorite speakers, Ginger Hubbard. You may have heard of her. (laughs) She'll be at all four in-person events this year. Teach Them Diligently is more than just a convention, though. It's a trusted community of like-minded homeschoolers, and they provide helpful content to equip you to homeschool and disciple your children better. My husband and I have been to other homeschooling conventions, and, you know, one thing I noticed about Teach Them Diligently is that it is truly Christ-centered and family-focused. For more information about the upcoming virtual and in-person Teach Them Diligently events, visit teachthemdiligently.net. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net.